Hello everyone, this is Will Brogan from Commercial Truck Training, and we have a really unique podcast that, if this goes well, and I think it will, we're going to be uh, doing quite usually. I'm here with Coach Ken Taylor, and we have a half an hour left in our Ultimate Boot Camp in June 2018. We're here with three very young, very ready-to-go sales professionals, Tyler Young of McGrath, we have Zach Andrews of uh, Backroat in Rockford, and then we have Andrew Austin of Rush Trucks in Atlanta. Uh, and we are going to do basically a questions from the field segment in audio form. Um, the guys are going to ask a question that's kind of been on their mind throughout the boot camp, and Ken's going to answer, and then you guys get to hear all of it. So first up is Tyler Young of McGrath. Hi, I'm Tyler Young with McGrath, and Ken, my biggest question is uh, being on the retail side for six and a half years, what is the biggest challenge or biggest struggle that you have seen from that transition uh, from retail to commercial, and how? what's the best way to overcome that? Tyler, I love that question uh, because I've dealt with this so many times. A lot of times when I first go into a dealership, they've already selected the sales guy. And usually, I'd say 60, 70% of the time, it's someone from the retail side who gets excited. And the reason they get excited is because they don't have to work on Saturdays anymore. <laughs> so, and they go, yeah, I got normal hours. Uh, yeah, there are a couple of things that we always recommend. And, and some of them uh, people never think about. I don't know why. Uh, one is all of us know a lot of people, but we don't leverage those relationships it could be your best buddy next door who works for ABC Plumbing. And one thing we know about your best buddy next door is he probably knows who owns the business. So there's a referral opportunity. The biggest mistake I see retail guys make is they are given the advice from typically a general manager is uh, go knock on doors. Just walk out and start calling. And in today's world, it's more difficult than it's ever been because we have no soliciting signs, we have well-trained gatekeepers, and we're not equipped even what to say, even on our cold calls, because no one gave us any kind of instruction. We're big on referrals, and the biggest thing I would tell you, number one, is make a list. That list would include everybody you know, and it would include any businesses that possibly you've sold trucks to them as a retail customer, it might be a plumbing company, but the wife came in to buy a personal vehicle from you. That's a connection. If, if you did a good job, which I know you did, then it's easy to follow back up and say, hey, I had sold you your uh, personal vehicle. I know that your husband works for or owns uh, ABC Plumbing. Uh, here's what I'm doing now. Would love to come by and pick his brain a little bit on uh, you know some ideas on how we can get started and, and what's important to business owners like your husband. So we, so along with creating your list, you can call them directly or you can share that list with almost everybody that you know and just show them. You're going to be shocked how your next-door neighbor happens to play golf with the guy who owns uh, XYZ Electric. And that's almost an automatic referral source, and it'll get you in the door. So my first advice, make your list. That is absolutely incredible. The second thing that I would highly, highly recommend, obviously you're going to learn your product, but the best and fastest way to learn your product is uh, learn one thing and then how do I turn that into a way to use it on a sales call? And that means convert it to a question. Uh, 
an example might be, gosh, I notice you already drive cutaways. Typically, what size box are you going to do you put on the back? Is it a 12-foot or 14-foot? And the reason you would ask that question, because you already figured out the cab axle ratios necessary to put that box in the back of the truck. So learn something, put it into play, whether you're going to role play with somebody in the dealership, you're going to role play with your wife, uh, do not role play with your newborn son. He's probably not going to give you enough good <laughs> feedback. Uh, but think about uh, how you're going to learn and, and try to t- make that learning active so there's a much higher chance of retention. Be a part of groups. And this is going to be kind of my third and last recommendation. I don't want to overload you. Uh, groups exist for two reasons. To promote that industry, like the home builders or PHCC, which is heating and air and plumbing, They also exist to network, and that's one of their calling cards to get you to join. Hey, you're going to be around a lot of people who drive trucks, and so you know, be a part of that organization. The problem that we see when someone does join is they go to the meetings, and they don't talk to anybody. The last time I checked, you had to actually introduce yourself, but we have a shortcut to that because we like you to have an initial meeting with the executive director of the association, and you're going to... Ask them how you can best contribute. They'll tell you three things. Uh, Go uh, go to all the meetings, uh, be on a committee, and sponsor stuff. Make sure you get your dealership's agreement to do the sponsorship. Um, The second thing you're going to ask them is how many other dealerships, and this is really for your purposes more than theirs. They're going to tell you two or three, and then you're going to simply ask, well, great, so how many of those dealerships do all the things you just mentioned? And that number turns to zero. Why do we ask that question? It's not for them, it's for you. I like to get you excited like, God, I'm the only guy, even though there's three dealerships, I'm the only one who's going to be doing the right stuff. Because we've seen people say, well, I didn't join that dealership because there were four other dealerships already members. And I'm going, are they active? And their answer was, I don't know. I said, you've got to ask that question. That's why we do it. And then finally, the most important question is, gosh, uh, Mary, Bob, Sue, whoever the executive director is, uh, could you help me? They always say yes. If I asked you to introduce me to someone at a meeting, would you be able to help me on that? Absolutely. And now you get an infomercial. So they walk up, introduce you, and you simply say, hey, I'd love to know more about your business. you mind if I sit with you today? No one's going to tell me you can't sit with me at breakfast. <laughs> You're going to be sitting there. Don't make the mistake of, of sitting down and throwing up all over them. And I don't mean physically, <laughs> but I mean literally. Uh, don't just start telling them all the great things you do and what you can do and how you do it. That meeting is all about them. It's their favorite radio station, WIIFM, What's In It For Me. Ask about their business. Ask about obstacles they faced. Uh, ask about how they market. And a couple of questions. What are some of the biggest concerns you have or what are some obstacles you guys face? Uh, you know, it's getting new customers. Yeah, you know, we kind of face that also. We do have some ways that we help overcome it, though. And you just stop. What are they going to do? They're going to say, how do you do that? And now we're in a conversation. Eventually, at the end of that conversation, I'm going to say something very simple. Hey, I'd love to see your operation sometime. They always say yes. Always say yes. So uh, I can give you about 10 other tips. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, Again, make your list. Learn your product. Become part of groups and be active in those groups. So does that help? Yes. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you so much. I'm Zach Andrews with Lou Backroad Auto out of Rockford, Illinois. Uh, pleasure to be here, Ken. Uh, my question for you is, what is the best advice you could give somebody who 
has never had any experience in the auto industry and is now a commercial uh, truck salesman. Zach, thank you so much. That's a, a, an incredibly good question, by the way, because we see it all the time. Uh, most of the, I would say 80% plus of the people that come in to take a commercial position are from an outside industry, and they've never sold uh, trucks, cars before. Uh, the biggest advice I can give you, uh, number one, if you've already been in sales, some of your first contacts are going to be everybody that you already sold to, even if they don't have anything to do with trucks. But you know what? Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. So don't waste those opportunities. Uh, the other thing, uh, don't, and, and this is a problem with the dealership, not necessarily you, a lot of times the dealerships want to get you started by supplementing your commercial stuff with retail. So suddenly you're setting the retail floor, and in reality, you just lost a day of sales, you know, being out the door. So make sure that you're, you're out the door. But, and here's the caution part, and if you'll do this, it makes all the difference in the world. When you're outside, if you don't have kind of a written report for your GM or whoever's supervising you, their mind starts to wonder, is Zach at a bar? <laughs> is he sitting at home? Uh, is he actually making calls? Because we have new sales guys that will sign up for commercial, they'll go out and, and cold call, cold call. Sometimes they'll do warm calls or appointment calls, but they never tell anybody what they're doing. And so uh, management um, already always reverts back to the worst possible scenario. I wonder if this guy's actually doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, don't let that happen. You know, do the reports, and you do a great job of the reports because you, you get those reports to me and I get to review them. Uh, let them know what you're doing. The other big mistake I see is they focus so hard uh, with someone new trying to explain what you do and how great the dealership is. Uh, learn to really ask very strategic questions. In our first call guide form, uh, it's going to tell you a lot of those questions. Again, make it all about them. Tell me about you. And it's okay to ask vehicle questions. I like to do lead-ins to get me to that point. But it's okay to say, hey, hey tell me a little bit about your fleet of vehicles. How many do you have? Uh, I like to ask, what's your buying cycle? Uh Typically, how long do you run those vehicles as far as mileage, or, or how do you determine that? I'd like to know a little bit about their process. A key thing to do is if you're, you're on a very positive call and they're saying, hey, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll definitely give you a shot. Well, great. Uh, you know, I would love uh, and be honored the next time that you're ready to buy a new or used vehicle if I could help you in some way or assist you in some way in that process. They say yes. And then ask those three key questions. When will that be? How many? And what are you going to be looking for? Write that information down and put them on your list. Stay in touch, particularly the three months before they're ready to buy because there's a chance if you've got what they want, they'll buy early. The worst thing is you wait six months, you walk back in the door, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, Zach, we just bought a month and a half ago. Oh, really? I thought it was going to be six months. Eh, you know, truck broke down, changed their mind. It's all about staying in touch. The biggest two things I can tell you coming from another industry is just always make it about relationships. Always, what can I learn? How can I uh, embrace these people? How can we start building a friendship? And as much as possible, have fun. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously. 
uh, gatekeepers are used to salespeople walking in with a, uh, hi, I'm from uh, Lubach Road, uh, GMC Chevy, and uh, I'd like to speak with your person in charge of vehicles. You're going to get the same answer every time. Uh, not here, won't be for the next five years. So uh, have fun and make it about the gatekeeper first because that's the first person you have to win over. So be engaging, have fun. Uh, as much as possible, use referral sources. And that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses I see is they go out and call call and they don't get the referral sources. So think about, again, your top 30 list. We've mentioned that before uh, with Tyler. But that top list is just so critical. You're going to be shocked how many people know somebody on your list. And now you've got a referral source. So think about those referral sources. This is a referral-based business. The sooner you do that, the sooner you get involved, then the faster your sales are going to grow. Thank you. Yeah, Ken and Will, thanks for having me. Again, I'm Andrew Austin from Rush Truck Centers up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, my question for you, Ken, is we all know the gatekeeper um, is highly trained in kicking salespeople out. I want to know what are some tips you would recommend for getting past that gatekeeper on, let's say, the first cold call or on a cold call and getting to the decision maker quicker? Andrew, I love that because uh, gatekeepers are some of my favorite people on the planet, and people think I'm crazy when I say that. But uh, we approach gatekeepers uh, with a very uh, too professional attitude instead of walking in and having fun. And we've got all kinds of stories. Tyler, who was just here a minute ago, uh, uh, you know, we walked in and, and we were talking about the candy dish. <laughs> and hey, in fact, the owner was there. And fortunately, we did our homework, and that's part of what we'll talk about. And uh, I said, hey, don't take all the candy. And the guy laughed, turned around, and suddenly we're engaged with the owner of the company. Uh, as far as gatekeepers, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, number one, our attitude toward gatekeepers is where it starts. We always think the term gatekeeper in and of itself, like, that's the person who's supposed to keep me out. My attitude is that's the person who's most responsible for customer service relationships. When I first walk in, he or she, usually a she, doesn't know if I might be a customer. So the very first thing is I try to engage them in a positive way. Hey, uh, gosh, we were, and I'd like to have a, a kind of a referral source. Your referral source doesn't have to be one of your customers. It could be your last call. So if I call on a, a company right down the street, if I'm calling on Joe's Landscaping, but I had just been at uh, Bob's Barricades, <laughs> then I'm going to say, hey, we were just down the street, Bob's Barricades, and I saw your sign, and I just wanted to stop in and introduce myself. So we try to be as low-key as possible. The way you're going to get rejected by a gatekeeper is asking for a decision-maker right away, and we rarely do that. Uh, we do, uh, we do have leave-behinds. I don't think leave-behinds are really that important. Your card is, but not a leave-behind uh, because you want to wait to the second or third call for a leave-behind. They're more likely not to throw it away. Uh, what you do right then with the gatekeeper is, is very, very important in that you're building rapport. If the gatekeeper is even semi-friendly, I like to ask him or her some personal questions. So we'll start out by, hey, we were just down the street. We're using our referral source. We wanted to stop by and just introduce ourselves. And I say this. We're not here to sell anything, so let me put you at ease. 
we are long term, but that day we're not trying to sell anything uh, except for them to like us. And the, the, I can make them like me more by not selling anything. Just wanted to drop in, introduce ourselves. Uh, and uh, by the way, I'm sorry I didn't get your name. If there's not a nameplate up there, I want to get Mary's name. Because if I can start using her name, I can break the ice faster. Well, Mary, thanks so much. Uh, by the way, uh, would you mind if I ask you a few questions? We'll just ask some basic questions. How long have you been at this location? How long have you been here? Because I mix the questions up with company questions and personal questions about Mary. Mary, how long have you worked here? And it's kind of interesting. That's paid off so many times for me. Um, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and we stopped into a boiler company. I've shared this story with you guys and started a conversation with the gatekeeper. She was probably about 24, 25 years old. And gosh, uh, I asked her, uh, how long have you worked here? And she said, gosh, only about two years. So are you originally from the area? That's the second question I asked. Well, no, I'm from Florida. I said, really, so am I. What part of Florida were you from? And she said, Orange Park. Well, I was the athletic director at Orange Park High School. You never know. Uh, so we got in a conversation about that. And uh, I said, what part of Orange Park did you live in? She told me. I said, well, yeah, well, you went to S. Brian Jennings Elementary School, didn't you? She said, well, yeah, how'd you know that? And we got the conversation. Long story short, we built such personal rapport with, with her that I asked for the, the uh, owner's name, and she actually gave me the cell number. Why? Because we took the time to make Mary, the gatekeeper, feel important. So the biggest tip I can get you about gatekeepers is make them feel like they're the most important person in the company. Uh, I can't tell you how many times when I've been engaging, she said, and I'll say, well, gosh, Mary, so you really run the company then. Am I right? And they laugh. Well, you know, sometimes I like to think so. I said, well, you know, much appreciated. And and then we'll go into more details. And eventually I'll ask, well, gosh, you know, at one point I would love uh, to meet uh, the person in charge of your vehicles. I don't say buying vehicles. I don't say anything. Sometimes I'll say maintaining vehicles. Uh, Mary, is that something you're involved in? Because I like to make Mary feel good. Or is there someone else you would suggest? And the key word is suggest. Don't ever say, or is there somebody else I can talk to? Because the talk becomes a negative word. Suggest means, Mary, I'd really appreciate it if you could help me. So build that rapport. One of the largest companies I've ever gotten into, Las Vegas Paving, I got into because we engaged in conversation with the gatekeeper. On the first conversation on the phone, I knew where she vacationed. I knew that her son also worked for the company. I know she had been in the company for 11 years. That's when I said, well, you really run the place then. She laughed. And uh, when I asked, now, Mary, are you involved with the vehicles in your companies, or is there someone else that you would suggest? Oh, that's Rick Ewing. She gave me the name right away. So be engaging. Uh, be personable. Look for things on her desk. Oh, is, are those your kids? Look for items on the desk. Look for anything that she's reading. Uh, but be engaging she or he is the most important person that you're talking to until you get to the owner and treat Mary that way. Well, I hope you enjoyed that recording of three really outstanding young individuals that are going to make a footprint on this industry before you know it. Definitely like how that segment turned out and hope that we will be doing that again at all future boot camps. And I hope some of you listening will be attending and maybe be on one of these uh, future podcasts. 
But thank you to Tyler, Zach, and Andrew, and of course Ken Taylor. And thank you to, for listening, and uh, we will be back with another great edition of the Extra Mile Podcast. Thanks so much.